Hey, welcome everyone. Wonderful to have a full house on a Easter Sunday morning. My name's Glenn. I'm the other half of the beautiful other half, who was Debbie. And we lead Thrive here. And it's so good to have you with us here this morning. And I love the fresh beats on uh, our Thrive uh, news today. So whoever put that together, thank you. Probably Liam. Um, So good. Um, We held an amazing Good Friday service at the Rangiora Baptist Church this week. I don't know um, who made it along because when I looked out, there was so many people in the building and in the foyer, I think there were somewhere between seven and eight hundred people who attended. At least they gave out about eight or nine hundred sausages um, afterwards. So there was a lot of people there that day, and uh, it's just wonderful to gather together with other churches. And there is an incredible sense of unity, um, like-heartedness and mindedness and spiritedness. In this community, I've got some really treasured relationships with other pastors in this town now, and it's just so cool uh, to see, you know, I think Scotty from Grace said, the church, capital C, whichever way you're looking at it, I don't know, uh, come together (laughs) and celebrate Jesus um, on Good Friday. So I think we'll be doing, um, we've definitely got an Easter, uh, sorry, Christmas uh, combined service this year. We'll have an Easter one next year. Maybe there's going to be something else, but it's just, it's beautiful to see the body of Christ coming together. Uh, Deb and I had a week away in Melbourne last week, I think it was. It's all a bit of a blur uh, at a conference, and it was amazing. And I want to just share a testimony from that moment when I walked in uh, to the conference. A yeah, a young man. He's about my age, actually. Well, you know, I'm pushing that these days. Uh, he he ran up to me and. Um, he had attended Harvest Now with uh, Daz Chettle and Andrew Cannon and amazing team that we had, a conference that we had here in October, I think it was, yeah, last year. And at that conference, I had a word of knowledge for this young man um, that he had a shoulder injury. I know it was his right shoulder. I don't know if I was that on target, but that he had a shoulder injury. And he, sh- and he said, yes, I've got a torn rotator cuff. And he'd had it for months and months, received a lot of prayer, and been to the doctors, and was still in pain. And he's a musician, so he was struggling carrying his gear around. And I prayed for him at that, um, in that moment, and he was healed instantly. That was awesome. And I'd completely forgotten. And the cool thing was, is he came running up, and he said, Glenn, I'm still healed. I've kept my healing, and I've... And he, and he just reiterated the fact that he had had a lot of prayer beforehand. And I just, that really stayed with me. The, you know, the importance of us continuing to lean in for our healing. And it was just encouraging because sometimes, you know, you pray and you pray and you don't actually see. Sometimes you just don't, you can go for months without seeing much. And then to hear that again was like, that was just good for my heart. It was good for my soul to hear that. Um, so it was good. I'm, uh, so I'm sharing this morning. Now, I'm actually going to miss the first little bit of my message because I feel like Debbie did such an amazing job in kind of bringing together what Easter was all about. And so I'm just going to miss this bit. Um, I'm just going to, I will jump into here, um, Isaiah 53, and because we celebrate the empty tomb today. We celebrate the fullness of his resurrection power. 
And I want to jump into this incredible prophetic passage written about Jesus uh, 700 years before he was alive. Um, and it's actually amazing because there's somewhere between, scholars say, about 300 and 570 Old Testament prophecies um, Written, some written thousand, a thousand years before, before Jesus uh, walked on the earth about Jesus. So this is Isaiah 53. It says, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up uh, before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no majesty uh, or beauty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our sufferings, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our uh, transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that uh, that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed." And that passage goes on. It's, th- it's probably three times longer than that, actually describing Jesus and, and the difference between us and what he did for us. And it just reflects back to our humanity and his majesty. And it just brings this beautiful um, description of who Jesus is to, uh, to us now and who he was. And, and um, another one of the Old Testament uh, prophetic foreshadowings of Jesus. I just want to go into the story this morning, and it and this this prophetic description of Jesus is actually locked into the story of Joshua, and he lived about fourteen hundred years before Jesus. And now, one of the first up, one of the really profound things about Joshua is that his name means Jesus in the Hebrew language, Yeshua. It's the same name meaning salvation or God who saves. And so many of you will know the backstory of Joshua. I'm just going to, if you don't know the story of Joshua, I just want to bring a little bit of an overview for you this morning. But basically the Israelites um, have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and they have come out of 400 years of slavery before this moment. And so Joshua, he was born in Egypt. He was born into slavery. He had wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. And now he had been asked to lead a nation into the promised land. And, and he was leading this nation into its inheritance. He was leading this nation into what had been promised to his great, 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 I don't know how many greats, probably not that many actually, great-grandfather Abraham. And I want to read this passage today because the message that I'm carrying this morning is in regards to Jesus left an empty tomb. He was resurrected, not just for a religious formality, was so that we as his people could enter into our inheritance. And that is both in eternity and it is on on earth as it is in heaven. So this is why I'm bringing my message this morning 
From Genesis 12, the Lord said this to Abraham. So this is the promise that he's carrying. And he said, get out of your country, go from your family and from your father's house to a land I'll show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you should be, you shall be a blessing. So there's a top line blessing and a bottom line. Top line is that Abraham will be blessed. Bottom line, so that everyone will be blessed through him. And I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse him who curses you. And all the families, not some of the families, <laughs> all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's a massive blessing for, for Abraham to carry. And, and then in verse 7, it says, The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. And I put that in there because this is, when we, we're talking about Joshua now, Joshua's actually about to take possession of this land. When we reflect back on my first testimony of the prayer being, you know, like you just keep praying, you just keep praying, you just keep praying. And this promise was actually realized generations later. So it's important to steward and carry the faith that you have in your life. And some of the promises that you're carrying aren't for you, are potentially for your children and your grandchildren. So do not waver in unbelief regarding the promises of God, but be, you know, strengthen your faith, believing that God will do everything He's promised. Joshua 3, chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Early in the morning, so Joshua, they're on the brink now. They are on the brink. It's like Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's not quite Christmas that they are on the brink. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan. No wonder they wanted to set out from that place, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, there's an Easter parallel right there, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, I want to put yourself, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the priests. You are carrying the very presence of God. You carry the presence of God now within you and in the New Testament context in 1 Peter 2.9, but you're a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special position. So this is, this is the beauty of who we are in the new, new covenant. We are a royal priesthood. So this story is about a chosen people receiving a promised inheritance that both requires obedience and courage to actually go into new territory. You know, since you've never been this way before. And one of the big ideas here, I think, is that Jesus and the expression of salvation on our lives takes us into places that we've never been before. Salvation in itself is not just a static moment. It's not just a one-off, I've been saved and I've just, you know, I'm now, I'm, I'm a Christian and I've got my ticket to heaven and we're all good. We're just going to kind of sit back and cruise and do life. Salvation isn't a static moment. The Bible says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And, 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 and the fear and trembling comes from doing new things that require obedience and courage to push out of our comfort zone. 
to outwork and discover who God is in the new territory that He's calling us into. And I believe, like Debbie was saying this morning, there are promises, there's new spheres for us to impact. There's new places for the kingdom to go in this year. And the kingdom won't go without you. You're the promise bearer. You're carrying the, you carry the DNA of the kingdom. You know, while, while we still have a heartbeat, God's cause and his call on our lives draws us forward. Calls us forward. Calls us out of, out of the static into the active, into faith. So courage was, was required from Joshua even just to face his inheritance. And you can see that in Joshua 1. An angel of the Lord appears to Joshua and says, I think three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Someone on the back row, be strong and courageous. <laughs> because the expansion of God's kingdom through our lives requires courage because we have to push back on the fear that wants to intimidate us. Like fear is, is real. And that's why God tells us over and over and again and in the Bible, it's just this narrative right through, fear not for I'm with you. Fear not, do not be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Like there is a spirit of fear, but God has got a greater spirit, the spirit of love, the spirit of power, and the spirit of a sound mind. So courage is required for us to follow Jesus. Obedience is also required for us to follow Jesus. Because if, if we're following, He's leading. Anyway, just a thought. Um, I used to, you know... I'm, You've heard this before. I used to struggle, still struggle at times, to hold this, this microphone, to stand up in front and to, to preach. It's, it's a wrestle. Let me tell you, sometimes it's a wrestle. Some weeks more of a wrestle than others. And I, I really struggled for about 10 to 12 years with a grace to, to not only hold a microphone, but to actually string sentences together that made some kind of coherent sense. Like, really did. And I had this huge turmoil in my life because I knew I was called to this whole pastor deal. And so, yeah, I can be empathetic and journey with people, but another part of it was actually holding the lollipop, as Daz called it <laughs> recently. I don't want to hold this thing. I don't want to. I'm just being real. It's been real here. And I, I remember um, one day, I was 37, I think I was 37 years old. That was just over 10 years ago. And I was struggling preaching again. And just to, you know, get words out. And... I came to the scripture from um, Galatians 2.20 and I said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And when I said that, honestly, something changed. Like I was like right here, because our stage used to be like a round weird thing. And I think I was right here and I just felt a shift. I can't explain it. It doesn't make any logical sense. But it, it was like a grace came on my life that had taken me 10 years to inherit. And, and it, it, you know, everything for me, and I, I didn't just suddenly become like, oh, but I knew there was a grace there that wasn't before. <laughs> I knew there was something real that wasn't there, something tangible that, that em empowered me, and it wasn't me. It was by his grace. And this beautiful scripture in Hebrews 6 verse 12, with faith and perseverance, we inherit the promises. With faith and perseverance, we inherit the promises. Once again, our inheritance requires both faith and courage and perseverance and we have to remember that the, 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 the things that are promised for us aren't just for us. They're to move through us to others. They're not to build our kingdom, but to build his kingdoms. His kingdoms? His kingdom. And our inheritance, that, or the inheritance that he has for us, it's not determined by our timing. Can't say words again. <laughs> It's determined by him and our willingness to persevere and show courage. Um, you know, there's about 600,000 words in the Old Testament. And that's the number, about the number of how many warriors died in the wilderness. They just walked to death in the wilderness. I'm talking about the 40 years. Moses had bought them out of slavery, but they couldn't get the box that slavery had put them in out of them. They, and I don't know what that was, whether it was a victim mindset or the oppression or the doubt or the unbelief and the idols, and you can read that whole passage, but there was something that they couldn't surrender to enter into the promised land. And God said, no, you can't go in there because you don't believe. But then God raised up a next generation, 20 years younger, and they, were, they weren't raised as slaves. They were raised as free people. They were raised in an environment of hope and of miracles, and they didn't have a victim mindset. They, they probably felt like a little bit nomadic <laughs> in the wilderness, but they were raised outside of the box of the previous generation because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I want to just agree for someone here right now in this moment that you do not inherit the sins of your parents or the generational box of your ancestors, whether that's in academic, whether that's in physiolog physiology, that's the word, that the DNA, you have new DNA and it starts with Jesus Christ this morning. It starts with Jesus, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So let's just jump back to Joshua, Joshua 3, 13. I just want to check out the time. 
time goes really fast when you're preaching sometimes. Yeah, only one service. That's right. It says this, And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan. Isn't that awesome, that little caveat? The Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan was at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap a great distance away at the town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerathan, while the water flowed down from the um, while the water flowing down to the Dead Sea of Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. You know, this is the only time in the Bible that the the city of Adam is mentioned. And this city, the, this flow that came from the city ended in the dead see. This is really interesting here because we, we need to think of Joshua as a type of Jesus in this moment as well. It says this in 1 Corinthians 15, for, um, verse 21, for since death came through one through a man, that is Adam, Adam being the first man to sin, to break covenant with God, and, there, and ever since Adam, there was a flow that came from Adam that led in and ended in death, represented by the dead sea in this. But the new covenant is established in Christ Jesus. It says, goes on to say, for you know, for since death came through a man, Adam, the resurrection of the dead also came through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all all will be made alive. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. So let's just back this back up into this story because I just love it. So when the, pli- the priests are being led by Joshua, they step into the river that is flowing from Adam into the Dead Sea, that flow that was in flood, all the debris, all the muck of a flooded river, river is cut off. And the nation was able to cross over into the promised land. And that day, that empty riverbed was was declaring cross over. Today, the empty tomb declares that salvation has come and that we can cross over into our promised inheritance. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it a beautiful foreshadowing of what Jesus has done? On the cross, Jesus gathered up all the deprivation, all of the flow of humanity flowing from Adam so that by His stripes, we can cross over and not be washed away in the flood that flows from a broken humanity. And today, we remember that we have been brought into the kingdom of the Son. We have been brought into the kingdom of the Son, and we have been made alive in Christ. In Christ, we are no longer victims of our circumstances. Maybe today he's calling you to walk out of a spiritual wilderness. Maybe today, oops, 
He's calling to, uh, you to walk out of a box, to step out of unbelief. He's calling us as a people, I believe, as a company, as a church, to step out of the small and into the massive arms of a huge God, of a, of a loving Father. And today, maybe for someone in this room, you need to meet Jesus as Saviour. He is first our Saviour. He is our Saviour. He laid His life down for us. But we don't only remember Jesus as Saviour at Easter. We remember Him as Lord, as King. We remember Him as our healer, our provider, our deliverer. He is our wonderful counsellor. He is our Prince of Peace. He is El Shaddai. This is God Almighty, the God who is all-sufficient and all-bountiful, the source of all blessings. He is our everything. So we're going to um, take communion right now. Um, you can come up and receive the elements just in this moment, and then I'll just bring us into a, a time of prayer and reflection as re we remember Jesus' death and His resurrection today. So we've got a table up here, and I do believe there'll be a table down the back as well, a back corner there. So if you want to hop up out of your seats now.
if um, you're not familiar with the um, the mechanics of this little arrangement here, just to clarify as well that the you want to take the top layer off first, and you'll find the wafer under that, and then the next layer down is the juice. So this morning we remember Christ's body broken and his blood poured out for us. And we remember today that the bread speaks of Christ's body in which he lived a perfect human life. And Jesus lived a life that none of us could ever achieve. He obeyed the Father's will. He always loved. He always hoped. He always believed. He always revealed the heart of the Father. And this his body broken for us speaks of his perfect life that was given to us. And in Isaiah 53 verse 5, I read this morning, the punishment that, was, that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. In Luke 22 verse 20, Jesus took the cup saying, this is the cup this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. His blood was shed that we might die to sin. This cup is the uh, blood of the new covenant. And Jesus came and he stopped that river of death that flowed from Adam. So as you take the cup today, don't take this sin conscious. He bore your sin on the cross. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. On the cross, Jesus had the last word. He said, it is finished. It is finished. That sin was finished. Today he's saying, it is finished over your life. And maybe you're feeling incomplete today, that, but the fullness of God's promises for your life were finished on the cross. It is finished. He has done enough for you. And I love this scripture from Colossians 3 verse 3. I couldn't, I could not bring it this morning. It says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We're hidden in Christ this morning. And if you haven't taken communion yet, you can do that right now in this moment. Jesus, we just thank you that 
on the cross, when you said it is finished, we thank you that you set us free, free from striving, free from fear, free from poverty, free from sickness. And we receive that inheritance that you died for. We thank you today that we enter in to the promised land, that we enter into every promise that you are to us, God, that your promises are not dormant, Father, but your promises have a landing place in our lives and in our families and through us to the community around us, Jesus. We honor you and we give you praise and we worship you today, Jesus. Can we all just stand? We're just going to finish with a um, with a beautiful name. Just before we do that, though, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you know, I remember I said that first of all, He's our Savior, and that Jesus tells this beautiful story of the son, the son that ran away from his dad but came home to his dad, and his dad was waiting for him. And Jesus is bringing this new kind of revelation that God is like a father. He's not a distant Lord with a big white beard sitting on a rocking chair somewhere in heaven. But he's actually like a loving father who's, he is a loving father, not like, he is a loving father and is present and willing to receive us as his wearers. Like how good is our God? And Jesus said, I'm the door, I'm the gateway. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so Jesus offers us today, everyone in this room, not religion, but he offers us grace. The Bible says that it's by grace that we're saved through faith. It requires a step of faith from us to receive his amazing grace. And maybe you're here today and you you don't know the salvation of Jesus Christ. You're not walking in a relationship with Jesus or you've walked out of a relationship with Jesus. And today is a day to come into the Father's arms. Come on, today is a good day for someone here. Really good day for someone to meet Jesus, perhaps for the first time. So just right now, just with every eye closed, just in this place, if you if you if your heart is racing and you know that you That's the Holy Spirit, by the way. His presence is here. And He's drawing you. He's drawing you. He's drawing you to Jesus today. So just with every eye closed, if you know that that Jesus is drawing you and you want to say yes to Jesus this morning, I just want to ask you right now just to lift your hand as a step of faith. Remember I said it's a step of faith. There's a faith activation in this moment. If you don't know Jesus Christ, but you want to step into this relationship, awesome, I see that hand. Is there anyone else here this morning? Just keep your hand up just while every eye is closed. I see that hand at the back. I see those other hands. That's awesome. I see that hand too. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. We just thank you for salvation. We just thank you for salvation. Is there anyone else here today who just wants to say yes to Jesus in this moment? 
we're just going to all say this prayer together. And this is just a prayer just saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you see me, that today you receive me. And today I want to give my life to you. Teach me to follow you. I need you as my salvation.